This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Hello! Welcome to Bedtime Drinks with Rachel. My name is Rachel. And uh, tonight... We're talking about dyslexia, and other ways of people who struggle to access tiny, tiny words in a tiny, tiny Bible. I mean, I have to say, like, my eyeballs are getting old, and I'm starting to play the trumpet. (laughs) Starting to do this, too. So, like, it's tough. Uh, Welcome. I told you my name is Rachel. Sorry. It's late. Man, it's 9 o'clock. I just want to do a hello all parents of teenagers. As usual, I want to first by starting by acknowledging that you are brilliant and significant in the life of your children. They may not tell you every day, but I want you to know that you are and you're doing a great job. And one day they will turn around to you like this. They'll be like, parent, you are amazing. And I just want to let you know in my teen years, I didn't tell you enough, but you were fantastic and you'll be like thank you i know so i just want you to feel like just see into the future and know that one day they'll say you were right because well i don't know about you but i do regularly call my parents and say remember that thing you said you were right (laughs) so it'll happen one day it'll happen but today we're talking about how to help our kids access scripture if they struggle to read uh if they're if reading is not their prime thing that they love doing whether it's from dyslexia or other reading difficulties how do we help them connect with scripture if that reading process is something that they really struggle with and uh, so we're going to talk about it as usual this community has a lot of wisdom in it and so please do feel free to interact to tell us what works for you to give opinions uh i'm gonna share a little bit then i'll pray and then We'll answer any questions or comments that come up. And if not, then I'll release you to the world. Uh, but I know it's late, so I'm going to get cracking. Uh, the first thing that I feel like I just want to say about this is that the Bible is important. It really is important, uh, particularly for our teenagers, in which the world is shifting and changing, and they're learning lots of information, and faith can often become a uh, untethered from life and it becomes an add-on it becomes a thing they go to or access and actually if we can help them see how the thing that never changes the word of god that never changes that can root them and help them navigate a path to life is is a, a vital part of our faith journeys our life journeys that can be really grounding for teenagers as a as a youth pastor we spend a lot of time um helping our kids sort of see how these core concepts, these stories, these truths actually are at the core of of how we make decisions and walk and think about ourselves and God. And when they root themselves in that, it gives them steadiness. And we really want our kids to have that steadiness. And what happens in the world is that that, uh, the world goes, well, the Christian world goes, scripture is really important. And so therefore, the recommendations are read your Bible every day. Uh, memorize scripture, do lots of biblical study and listen to sermons with lots of words that scroll on the screen uh, to to access the Bible because the Bible is reading. And I feel like sometimes what happens is the Bible equals reading. And then 
our young people reject the Bible when actually they're just struggling with the reading bit. And so I want to talk about how do we help our our kids access scripture and all the benefits and strength of scripture um, without it getting caught up and stressed with the reading. And uh, I just want to remind us before we begin that you know your children really, really well. And you, at this point, have probably been on the journey of helping them know how their brains work best, what they need, how they can access information. You know all the tips and the tools and the things they can use and the reader pens and all sorts. And so you you know how their brain works. You know how to help them read if they want to read. But I want to do is talk about something deeper to help our kids who struggle with that medium of learning actually access in their heart the fullness of scripture without it being stressed about the worrying. And so take all of your wisdom and use it. And therefore, any suggestion I make, feel free to go, nope, that won't work for my kid. Yes, that might work for mine. I'll have to adapt it. You know, you're the expert. I'm here to offer to you some ideas. Um, and so for me, there are five different areas to help our kids access scripture, because particularly with dyslexia, we know that isn't just about what happens to their eyeballs when they're reading words. But dyslexia is this vast and, I think, beautiful way that brains work of connection and lateral things and patterns and all sorts. It also can affect working memory, it can affect short-term memory. And so how our kids' brains work is, I think, fantastic. And we just need to help them learn how to access it in a way that looks like that. So here's five different ways of doing it. One, um, what our kids need in order to get all the benefits of scripture, the guidance and the security, is one, they need a, they need a bucket to pull from. They need a bucket of stories, of truth, of, of, of what scripture is about, because that's how they find who God is. That's how they find their place in it, about how God responds to things and what he thinks and all of those things. And so we need to give them a sort of bucket. I made a visual image because I'm very proud of myself. Look at my art skills. A bucket. It's a bucket, just so you know. Don't judge it. Uh, it's a bucket. Uh, they need this, this bucket to pull from. And what happens sometimes we say, well, read your Bible, and that doesn't work for our kids. And so what we do is we give them access to the stories without them having to read it. There are some great audiobooks out there, um, uh, not just of all the words Bibles, but of storybook Bibles, of, of all different kinds of ways of accessing it. She's a storybook Bible is beautiful. David Suchet reads it. I love it. It makes me so happy inside. Uh, but they have some, also some other audiobooks of like, I think Morgan Freeman reads some. They sort of grabbed a whole bunch of celebrities and had them read it. Uh, to you, and you can listen, whatever voice you want to hear, you can probably find a version of the Bible of people reading it to you. Uh, and so just getting used to playing it while you're listening to it, sometimes that can help. Sometimes the overwhelmingness of words can feel too much, and so you may want to listen to a little bit. You may want to listen to it plinky-plink music. Uh, you may want to do whatever. Diary of a Disciple came out, which is a really fantastic informal retelling of the New Testament and Acts, which is, is really interesting. That just came out audiobook-wise. Uh, and so just giving them access to play, particularly in teen life, you can't be like, here, you're going to listen to this. But it's something that can play in the car. It's something that can play in the kitchen. It's something that can be on while breakfast is happening. This sense of, of, of building those stories up. But you can also come alongside the stories that they're learning. If they come to Zoom church with you, you know, whatever the sermon hits to, to grab onto that so they don't have to listen to more. You can grab onto that one thing and talk about it all week. How, however, the, the, the audio stories are coming in, tell. But also, if that's too formal for you, tell the stories yourself. I'd love 
um, with teenagers being like, did you ever hear about the story of the girl called Noah? Fascinating story. Or, oh, this really reminds me of the time that, like, God really came after Eli and told him his parenting was terrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be a good parent, but I don't know. God, God has high standards of parenting. And to sort of share those stories and laugh and to tell the stories and to make them small and, and significant. Because what we're trying to do is we're trying to weave uh, we're trying to fill this bucket of stories of who God is and what it is to talk about it in your life to say, you know, when I'm when I struggle with this, often I'm reminded of this story and to tell that story really briefly that that this isn't just here's information you need to know. But this is in my life. This is the story that comes out and to retell the story that way to fill up the bucket. If you just think, how can I fill up my kids bucket of stories and truth so that that's it's there. It's it's something that they can understand God from. That can be really helpful. The second thing that our teenagers need is look at the hand I drew, guys. I'm very proud of this. And my mom, if she ever sees this, will be super impressed. Look. Ah! Reach. Um, it's meant to talk about reaching because scripture is, is, is fills our buckets so we can understand and get a view of God. But also, it's something that you need. There are times where I'm like, I need encouragement. I need truth. I need guidance. And and to reach into the Bible and say somewhere in these 66 books, very small words is something that is supposed to help me. And how do I access it and read it and it can feel overwhelming. And so what we can do is help make it reachable for them. As you're listening to audiobook, as you're listening to Zoom, as you find a key truth that you think your family needs or that your kid needs to to find artwork that supports it, to to if you're talking about your word is a path to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a light unto my feet and a lamp. Oh no, that verse has gone out my, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto, yes, that's the right, that's the right one. Okay, just want to demonstrate what happened there. I sort of knew a verse. I pulled a song in my head that I thought was right. And at some point I will Google it to find out what that is. That is a very common way brains work. And that's okay. But for me, if that's something that is is really helpful to your kids feeling lost and feeling like I don't know what's next and they just need God's words to light the path. I know people who will then find artwork and make it their screensaver that will um, find a picture and put it on their wall. I know some people who will just draw it and do art and have have a time where your whole family, if they're arty people, can can draw art, make art, put it on the wall. There's a concept of art that can be really significant or a picture of art that that remembers it. Like um, I have here. Oh, I'm not sure. Can I show it? See? I um we went to we went to Israel and this is my foot. This is nobody else sees this. This is just facing me. No one else in the my house sees this. This is a picture of me with my foot on the same feet things where um, where Paul talked to Felix and he waited two years in prison to talk God's truth to a powerful person. And there's no verse written on this anywhere, but I've read that scripture and that scripture was important to me. That story was important to me. And we sat there and we told that story to my kid as we were standing on those things. And I took a picture of my foot on it. And I, I said, I, I want this picture because it reminds me of the time that Paul had to speak truth to power, even though 
he was languishing in prison. And I always want to speak God's truth in the opportunities I'm given. And that's why I put that picture up. It reminds me of scripture. There's no scripture written on it. But my kid and my family, we all know what that picture represents for me because it's tied into the story that we experience. And I think that there is so much art and discussion that we can have. Mike, sorry, my chair collapsed. Um, that we can surround our, our children with, our teenagers with, that, that it doesn't have to be Bible verses with lots of words in their face. It can be the art that reminds you of it, the memories that pull in those scriptures for it. So make it reachable. Help them reach for those things that they need. I know some parents of teenagers uh, who want to access scripture but find it unreachable, they made a uh, got a little book for their kids and just said, anytime you hear a Bible verse that you think is significant, that you think you're going to want to want again, then let me know. And for some of them who just struggle with the writing, they're like, let me know and I'll write it down. And I've known teenagers who will show me these books that are just like they drew a big word peace on the top. And then anytime they've heard a, a, a verse or a story, they've asked their parent to write it in so that it's like their own little mini concordance. So rather than having to find in the back where it says peace and then flip over the piece, they are gathering the bits of scripture that have been significant to them that they want to reach for again and making their way of accessing it, whether it's through art, whether it's through words, whether it's whatever they need, that they're making their way of making it accessible. So create your bank of stories, apply it to life, oh, make it reachable. The third thing is apply it, look at me, apply it to life. Because filling them with just stories doesn't make it, make it sink in. And if we want them to know scripture, to access scripture in the depths of them, we need to show them how those stories, how those verses impact. And that's where, where our lives come in, to say this is, this is, you know, this picture is up, and my whole family know that that's this, this encouragement that I need. Um, this isn't for them, it's for me, because I need reminders of that scripture um, in me, because it makes a difference. It makes me bold when I'm talking to big, powerful people that intimidate me, and I feel that God's asking me to bring a challenge. That's I look up at that picture, and I'm reminded of the scripture, and I hold to it. And, uh, and our kids need our stories of, of when we've been in quandaries, of when we make decisions, of of how God challenges us and, and how those stories do. So so make it, apply it to life. You know, when you hear stories, pause and ask questions like, why didn't God do it differently? Why did God, why didn't God stop that from happening? Why did God give him a choice? I've been reflecting on Jonah and uh, listening to the story of Jonah. And Jonah, God, like, he said no. God, Jonah said no. And then like went off. And like God let him go for quite a while before he chose to intervene. Why didn't God intervene straight away? I have I have questions. And and to ponder that and ask that and then to talk about how that impacts how you see God or how you see yourself and your memories, to to let them see how much scripture shapes um the choices you make. Um to to listen to a story and say, What does that show us about God? What does that show it about show us about us? How does that work in our life? To help them apply it to life is how they access scripture. It's not just about reading it out loud or to themselves. It's about finding the truth and applying it to their lives. Um, another thing that can be really helpful, particularly for our teenagers, is to um, is to help them um, make it memorable. Often what um, 
Christian world says is uh, memorize scripture. And depending on the shape of dyslexia and the shape of reading, because um, dyslexia has, has sort of wider implications in terms of working memory and sequencing and things. And so sometimes memorizing is just not possible for our kids, but that doesn't mean they can't memorize. Uh, it means that they need to experience and and make things memorable in different ways than memorizing rote. And so there are lots of different experiences we can give our young people that help them get those truths deep in them, whether it's analogies like going on walks and looking at the birds and talking about remembering, you know, that his God says, you know, not one bird falls to the ground without him noticing and how God notices all these things and to let them feel the breeze and watch the birds for 20 minutes and reflect on those truths, to let them experience, to access all different parts of the brain, to understand an analogy, to understand a story. Uh, I loved watching YouTube videos of a shepherd. What's his? Oh, I'm, I am just going to have a time finding it. He's a shepherd. He's a, a shepherd who's also a Christian who then began to do videos about his experiences as a shepherd and how that ties in with what God says about himself being a shepherd. I found it fascinating. And uh, my family found it fascinating. And it really helped us get in all the different visual parts of our brain and experiencing parts of our brain. And then we go out and see sheep because we live in the north. And to reflect on those things. And it's it's all the, the different bits of us. To help them access scripture. Not just read scripture. And so make it memory. Make it multisensory. And the last thing that I would encourage you to do is to tie it into encounter when, when you pray, to, to not just pray for them and with them about all, you know, all the things that are on your heart, which I definitely want them to do, and to help them catch from God in the way that is authentic to them. But there are times where I, I, I will pray, God, you promised us that you would come close to the brokenhearted. In your word, you said you will come close to the brokenhearted. And I am feeling a bit brokenhearted right now, God. Please come close. And that that we help them tie the truth of Scripture into an encounter with God. Um, you say, God, you know, that if we are anxious about anything, we're to bring it to you. And so, God, we just want to list to you now all the things we're stressed about these exams. And we can do it out loud or in your head or whatever, but to create space for those encounter. Um, my son has a recommendation for you. He loves uh, the app Lectio 365. Uh, he listens to the nighttime version. And uh, they basically read scripture to you with very nice music and lead you in an encounter. They'll read, they'll read a scripture and then they'll create space. You know, if it's cast your worries, they'll read it very slowly with the voice. And then they'll like make space and then they'll suggest things. Uh, yeah, Iota says I got her stumped on the shepherd. That made me something that I need to do. Uh, but uh, the Lectio 365, they play music, and then they say, why don't you cast your worries now? Listen to God. And, and they lead you through an encounter. So that scripture is directly tied to encounter without them ever having to read anything. If we want our teenagers to be able to access, truly access the word of God, then it's got to stop being about reading and got to be about how we can help all the pathways of the truth to get into their hearts and them to do that. So those are my suggestions. Create a bucket of uh, truth. Help them figure out how they reach for the stuff that they're finding significant. Um, help it apply it to their lives. Make it memorable, multi-sensory, and tie it to encounters so that they can do that. And and that journey will be varied depending on who you are and, and how your kid works. 
Um, but I'm just going to scroll if there's any questions that I see. I'm going to read. Um, no, I'm not going to read. <laughs> I'm going to pray for us. And then if there's any questions, comments, concerns, pondering, we'll, we'll handle them. But let me pray for you. God, I, I thank you for the beauty of how you made our children's brains. I love it. I just love, I love um, how our kids think and experience life and all the beauty of how you have wired their brains. Thank you for the gift of them and how you have shaped them and made them. And God, I pray that you would make us creative and wise, that we may help them deeply know and access the, the wonder of the truth that you have placed in scripture, that they may know you and the truth that, that never changes in your word. Help us um, create those windows that they may access your words in the depth of their hearts and their minds and their whole experiences, that they may put their feet on the truth and that as they walk in this complicated gray world, that your light would be a, a shining in front of their feet on their path. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, right. Next month, we are talking about how to help your kids love church again. <laughs> We're going back. And there are some really interesting conversations to have with your kids about what it's going to look like, why we go back, what's the point, how do we find our place in it again and build relationships, and how do we feel about it as a family. That's next month. So come back. But in the meantime, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Natasha and Heather, for the encouragement. Thank you for everyone who's been Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.